0: Hey, and welcome to the Stories Unveiled podcast, where we talk about the purpose in every story and how to live in freedom from your past. I am your host, Ashley Sears, and each episode you're invited into a conversation about real life between me and a friend. I believe if an issue is addressed in the Bible, then it's important to create a safe and supportive space to discuss it. While some of these conversations are not easy, I do believe they are worth it. If you like what you hear, please visit our ministry at com. Thank you for joining today.
1: This episode is brought to you in part by Pure Desire Ministries. Lives and relationships are being destroyed by sexual brokenness, pornography, and betrayal trauma. Pure Desire believes you are designed to live a life without sexual brokenness and the effects it can have on your future. After working with men, women, and churches for over 20 years, Pure Desire has developed a comprehensive plan to breaking free, healing relationships, and getting your life back from sexual brokenness and betrayal trauma. Through recovery and healing groups, a clinical program, and partnerships, Pure Desire is helping the church effectively address unwanted sexual behaviors, betrayal trauma, and the impact of sexual brokenness. To join a group, start counseling, or get more information, go to puredesire.org. You can take your life back from sexual brokenness and betrayal trauma. Start your journey of healing today.
0: You're listening to Season 2, Episode 16 of the Stories Unveiled podcast. In this episode, I sit down with Stephanie Smith, and we deep dive into the nuances of how our upbringing influences the way we parent. We chat about our family of origin, decisions we made growing up, and how those experiences have shaped who we are and how we raise our kids. Stephanie Smith is an Idaho native. Raised as a pastor's kid, she has a passion for helping people break chains and live in freedom. Steph is a songwriter who has an outstanding voice and, fun fact, has been one of the lead vocalists for the Stories Unveiled conference every year since its inception. I hope this episode is helpful. Enjoy. Thanks so much for joining me, Stephanie. I appreciate it. Um, So we're just going to jump in, and I just would love for you to start by telling me a little bit about you, your husband, Rich, and
2: your kids. What do you guys do? How old are your kids? How long have you guys been married? That sort of thing. Okay. Um, Rich and I have been married for just hit 20 years. Oh, congratulations. I know. know. That's That's a big deal. It is a big deal. We should have celebrated probably bigger, but um, (laughs) (laughs) we'll do something 25. And... um, Rich and I are both in real estate. We've kind of been in that industry for about 19 years combined, mm-hmm. but um, he's definitely full time and he also has a man, property management company, as you probably know. Yeah. And um, I do it as well. And then I'm very active in my church and singing and stuff like that, leading worship. And we'll talk got, more about that too yeah, yeah. in a little bit. <laughs> so that's kind of that and being mom is kind of my life. And I have a 16 year old boy and a 13 year old girl, which well, is almost 14. Yeah. And it's going really fast. Teen years. it. it, it it does yeah. go fast. Yeah, it does go really
0: fast. Yeah. And we ha- were just talking about this, but you are a baseball family. You do sports. Yes. Oh like yeah,
2: all the mm-hmm. things. Yep. Yeah. my daughter doesn't do a lot of sports. She's kind of plays volleyball a little bit. Mm-hmm. She's done acting, and she kind of goes more that direction. Yeah, she's um, finding her thing. Yeah. And then, but Reiken has been baseball since he was a toddler. Yeah, and done a couple other sports, but. Just kind of found that he really loved that. He loves music production too, which I think is fun because yeah, that kind awesome. of leans like my direction of what yeah. I love. But then his dad's got the baseball with him and we yeah. we do baseball year round. So that's about to leave for a trip tomorrow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Today. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, you grew up a
2: pastor's kid mm-hmm.
0: and uh, tell me a little bit about what that looked like for you kind of in the early years, especially yeah. of life. What did that mean for you?
2: Um, you know, it's funny because I've reflected on that a couple, over the last couple of years because one of the things I've always thought, um, <clears throat> kind of in spite of things that may have not been done well,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I always go back to at least my parents gave me Jesus. And Absolutely. that is, I could never ask for anything more than that because they came from such bad situations themselves mm-hmm. and coming to Christ and kind of going and doing a complete 180. That was my whole upbringing. So they were, you know, they came out of a very different life, got saved, ended up up here in Idaho as -hmm. pastor. And, um, you know, it was, I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe. It was just all church. It was like all or nothing. My whole life was church. Church people. Like church five days a week. Yes. You know, Sunday morning for three hours, Sunday night, Wednesday night, other things. And I don't remember not loving that. I just, that was just my life. That's Mm -hmm. just all I knew. Um, and then, you know, interweaved with that was a lot of the religion and the legalism stuff. And some of that we'll talk more about that mm-hmm. shaped my, how I grown up, but there was also a lot of love and a lot of support. You know, my dad worked a ton of hours and it was kind of a little bit different with that generation. So like the pastoring thing, the church thing was almost before the family. Yeah. And you know, to him that was being honorable to God and right. his calling, but, Unfortunately, it just meant that that was our whole life. But within that, though, he never missed a game. Mm -hmm. He never missed anything that we ever did. And then he would take these trips to California and each one of us would get to go one time. And it was like a conference kind of thing, pastoral conference. And so every, I think it was like every year or two, I just remember there was three instances and we would each get to go. And when we would go, he would like get a convertible (laughs) and like take us on these fun, like maybe go do fun things. Or like, I remember going downtown LA when they had like all the open shops where you could just like street shop Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, Um, just fun things like that. So he had a way of. Like connecting with us in his own way, even though he didn't know how to maybe connect as much emotionally and verbally, yeah. he did that kind of stuff, you know. So he yeah. was he he did show up, and that's something that I give him credit for, because he had so much to go to, you know, to carry and balance yeah. as a pastor.
0: So that's kind of those were kind of early years. You said you mm-hmm. had like early memories of doing that, and mm-hmm. your dad, even though he was super busy, and your mom was she a stay at home
2: mom? Yep. So she stayed home, but she also. Again, back to sort of that generational mm-hmm. thing, there was an expectation of her and mm-hmm. she did all the women's ministry stuff. Pastor's and, wife. Uh-huh. She had to play. She They wanted her to play the piano or something like that. And she said no. And oh. she was like, no. And she really kind of turned the page a little bit on some of those duties, expected duties. And by putting her foot down and saying, I'm not going to do that. That's not my strength. Yeah. But then she did a lot of other stuff. She was really involved in the women's ministry stuff the whole time that I can remember as a kid. And then she would do little businesses on the side, like to make money. Okay, she's very entrepreneurial, and yeah. so it was just like she flipped a couple houses. She had this eelskin, a little real estate, eelskin <laughs> <yeah, laughs> real estate. That's where I got it, probably. Yeah. Um, eelskin purse business Oh my. if you can imagine she did the color charts okay for any of that no i do not <laughs> i'm sure there's lots of like um direct sale company things you know but she was just always trying to find a way to make extra income yeah. which i respected for, about her yeah that's awesome
0: mm-hmm. so so tell me as you got older teenage years and mm-hmm. um kind of young adults uh did you stay the course as far as um embodying the pastor's kid and, um, just, you know, consistently staying in church and walking with the Lord. Did you do that? Or was there, was there a period of time where you kind of put that away yeah. and walked away from it?
2: Um, I really was invested and felt like I was all in on all of that until I was 16. Okay. <clears throat> and I actually, I remember taking my kid my friends to youth group and taking them to camps and, and I ended up dating a guy that I wanted to know the Lord and he was very lost little Mm -hmm. soul and lots of bad stuff in his family. And I thought I could help him, you know, like save save them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up just like diving all in on that and did not know what I was getting myself into. So I don't know that I look back and think that I was looking to rebel but it was like the door that gave me the sudden taste of freedom Oh. and something I had not had or known that kind of everybody else seemed to know about. And that busted everything wide open. And then I just snowballed into a life of like, just, I never remember ever thinking I don't love God or I reject Jesus or okay. anything like that. I just rejected all the rules and the authoritative type of parenting and the legalism and all of that kind of stuff and the control I felt in that environment in our church Mm -hmm. and feeling like I want to break free of this. And it was almost like it kind of pushed me in that direction, whether that was, I look back and think it was definitely me needing to find some balance and some meaning and like truth in all of it. I just did it by rebelling. Yeah, And so I kind of went fast down that path, but I ended up doing a lot of things I probably never would have gotten involved in had I not dated that guy. Yeah. So I was with him about five years.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what that looked like and just mm-hmm. as much as you want to share as far sure. as like those decisions that you made and with that
2: guy. What, <clears throat> what came of that relationship? Okay. Well, I started dating when I was like 16 and we... I mean, he was just so abusive, and so I was very insecure. Mm. Just with different things, I'd been bullied really badly in my past, which was actually why I ended up at Capitol High, which is where I went. Okay. Um, my parents moved so that I could go to that school because I couldn't. I couldn't go to Boise, uh, Boise High with what was going on there. Mm-hmm. And so I moved into this great environment with friends. Like I had, just it was awesome. And then I met him, and it just. I don't know. I just uh, we. He, it was just kind of the perfect matchup. He was the predator, and I was the prey in a way. You know, honestly. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so, you know, in in church, there's a few things in Baptist churches you don't do. You don't drink. Mm-hmm. You don't have sex before marriage. Mm-hmm. Like what other ones are there that are just like, almost like you think. Well, those You two can't can. enter into <laughs> heaven if you do these things. It's almost like that feels that way a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I did all of that with this guy. And so I ended up just feeling so locked in, like I can't not be with him. Now I'm committed. Now yes, I, have to. I have to stay with him because you can't do that and then not marry someone.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I did end up marrying him at the age of like... 19 I think it was wow it was right out of high school yeah I actually got kicked out of my house um before my senior year and ended up living with him and his like a couple roommates and then with his mom and we just kind of made our way and he ended up wanting to go to Las Vegas Mm -hmm. to go to school where his cousin lived so after we got married we yeah we went down there and I wasn't even there three months and something I think my parents had just they had relinquished all of this to God. Finally, I think just Mm. broken over it, fully given it to the Lord and just had so many people praying. stop trying to control you and your decisions and just said, okay, Lord, she's yours. My mom actually had found a prayer called the prayer of relinquishment. Mm. And in it, it talks about relinquishing that person even unto death. Like that's how far you have to go with it. And she finally did that. And so I don't know if that was the key or what, but um, that was the turnaround. And so within three months of being down there, I just... I couldn't be there anymore. I had to leave. Mm -hmm. I was so angry at him and just just so much going on. So I called my mom was like, I can't leave with him knowing because I don't know what he'll do. So I like packed all my stuff and hid a bunch of my things and got a friend of mine to take me to the airport in the morning, like one morning without him knowing anything. Mm -hmm. And I just left him a letter and came back. And that was a journey in and of itself. But that's how I ended up back home. And then Filed for divorce. It took about a year because he wouldn't sign the papers, and then it went through, and wow, that was done. So never saw him after that. Really, Mm-mm, never saw him again, which is probably
0: a blessing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you hit this point where you were like, I can't keep doing this. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I can't be with him, but but I'm assuming probably bigger decisions too. Like. Mm-hmm. At what point did you say, okay, like everything is yours, Lord? Like at what point, because you said you never stopped believing in Jesus. You never stopped really believing in God, but you definitely weren't walking, right? There probably wasn't fruit Mm -hmm. from that, which is a lot like my journey, actually. Like I was raised in the church, not a pastor's kid, but was raised in the church, super involved. And when I turned 18 and I left, I was like, peace out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this on my terms. I still love Mm -hmm. Jesus and I know the Lord, but also... Like I'm not, I don't have to go to church every Sunday. I don't have to right. live under this yeah, law or whatever yeah. of my parents mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And so I didn't come back to the Lord until much later. And so what was it for you? Because I know you now sitting here mm-hmm. and on fire for Jesus, yeah. like what shifted and what happened when you were like, all right, Lord?
2: Well, I, um, it's interesting. And I wanted to make a comment really quick because mm-hmm. one thing that I've realized is that I think most of us go through the path of rebellion to find truth, but we're really looking for truth. Yeah. We are looking for God. We just don't know how else we, we get pulled into that rebellious state to of journey because we think that's what freedom looks like. Right. And we're gonna find it, right? But we don't we don't understand what freedom in Christ is. So mm-hmm. anyways, I've I've realized that now as I've gotten older. Um but So I ended up coming back. (laughs) That was a whole journey in itself. Just Mm -hmm. coming out of abnormal, an abnormal situation that was unhealthy, that had become my normal and going back into an actual healthy, normal situation Mm -hmm. really hard. Yeah. And there's just so much to work through. I had to get counseling, all this stuff and, I still was just, then I was even more like, now I'm really living my life because he controlled me mm. and now I'm going to go and do what I want. And yeah. so I partied it up and mm. ended up getting involved with another guy and just wasn't changing anything. And so I think God was kind of like, okay, now I'm going to really intervene. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a couple things happen where I almost died twice. Yeah. And one of them was from a tubal pregnancy and a cyst that ruptured and- I didn't even know, but I was getting really sick and my doctor um, did an ultrasound. She's like, oh, well, you're bleeding internally and we have to get you in surgery within the next two to three hours. And I was like, what? Excuse me? Like what? You That's know, I'm so 20, 21. Um, and so after that kind of stuff, it was just like, I i mean, I knew what God, I had had some dreams mm-hmm. about the Lord returning and my family went and I didn't. Oh man. Yeah. It was very real. I had some very real encounters with the devil in terms of demonic stuff in my dreams. Like it was just, I knew. Mm-hmm. I had two dreams actually about being left here and mm-hmm. because I didn't know Jesus. And when you wake up, you're like, uh. Yeah, <laughs> like I thought I knew him because I thought I'd gotten saved when I was really little.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and maybe I did, I don't know. I, I don't really feel like I did. Um, So I was coming home from a trip and this is the funniest, dumbest, Conversation, but me and this guy were talking about dinosaurs, okay? Mm-hmm. And we were getting into an argument because he's like, they've been here forever. And I'm like, they couldn't have been here for, for millions of years. Oh, you know, Jesus, God created the earth. And he looked at me and he's like, you know, for someone who believes this so strong, you're such a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you even standing on that when you don't live for God? It's not like you live a life, I don't understand this. And it was like the thing that just hit me between the eyes. You and you got called out. Yep. And I got on in the bathroom. Literally on like a the toilet throne, you know, like yeah, yeah. I kneeled and gave my life to Jesus and just was like, that was the first time I fully surrendered. I knew I received the Holy Spirit, like it fully changed for me. And yeah. I went and told my parents and my dad was like, he he was working on our front doorstep and he looks up and he's like, okay, because I had said a lot of things. Mm-hmm. that I was going to make changes and do all these things for years. And he's like, okay. And I go, you know what, dad, actually, I don't want you to believe me. Watch and I'm going I'm, to I'm di- I'm gonna be different. I'm changed, you know? And a year later, I ended up, that's how I ended up surrendering and going to Liberty University
0: mm-hmm.
2: to pursue a degree and just see where God was going to take me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you attended Liberty. You moved mm-hmm. to Virginia. Mm-hmm. You actually moved there, right? Yes, I yeah. did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you moved to Virginia. Um, ultimately, you ended up meeting your now husband. Mm-hmm. And you started your family Mm -hmm.
2: uh, after moving back to Boise. Yeah. Is that correct? Well, we knew each other. We'd known each other since 14 and 15, but he came out to go to school.
0: Yes. And then we reconnected. Yes.
2: Reconnected. (laughs) I think he was chasing after me, but (laughs) (laughs) out in Virginia. Maybe. He kind of says he was, but that's right. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah. So then we came back to Boise. You came back to Boise Mm -hmm. and you started your family Mm -hmm. and um, you kind of, you guys started this parenting journey together. And... Talk to me a little bit about how your experiences and your influences growing up, some mm-hmm. of the things that you've talked about, have shaped you in the decisions you
2: make now parenting teens. Yeah. I think originally, and I just want to say this in case there's anybody anyone out there that actually feels the same way I do, but growing it, it's amazing how many things I'm realizing are my core beliefs that I didn't even know I believed about God.
1: Hmm.
2: And so one of those, which this is just terrible, but it's like I knew it, but I, for some reason my heart believed that I wasn't going to have like healthy children, mm-hmm. like I was going to be punished, and so I was so scared to have kids. Really? Number one, I thought something was going to be wrong with them when they were born, mm-hmm. and then second of all, I thought I was so scared they were going to do what I did,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: I didn't know how I was going to keep that from happening, which has worked its way into my parenting at times by being controlling with things, but... Doing the same thing my parents did, you know, and, yeah. and so I have to like go back and go, nope, we can't, I can't do this because mm-hmm. it's my fear that's leading me. That was what it was all about for my parents. And that's what it ends up being about for me, fear that they're going to make all these mistakes. And then I remember and go, but I'm here. Mm-hmm. God did redeem me and they'll going They're going to have to go through some stuff. They're going to have stories. Yeah. Their own. So pulling myself back from parenting out of fear mm-hmm. because And boy, Satan has come after me about it in so many ways. Yeah. Fear that they're going to die. Fear that something's going to happen to them. I mean, fear in every possible way. Fear my son's going to be addicted to pornography and then he's going to have this problem the rest of his life and that my daughter's going to, she has a little bout of anxiety issue and she's going to have anxiety the rest of her life and panic attacks and suicidal and just the things that he he like torments, you know, my brain about as a parent. But I would say what I feel like, I've gotten from how I was raised is number one. I always have to go back to these are God's kids, and mm-hmm. He's just giving them to me for a time being. You know, to steward what I have, Yeah. Rich and I, and then pulling back away from the fear because I don't want that to be passed down to them. Yeah, and I feel like it's a generational sin mm-hmm. that has like a like a golden calf almost that pride and that fear. And so that to me is something I constantly am surrendering and praying about. And then from day one always being authentic and transparent.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And always being the first to t- I don't want my kids learning about the bad stuff. I talk to them about it and we talk about you know, the big All the M things. word and the sex word. And that I'm not going to say, you know, but like, yeah. we t- I do. I just talked to him about it yep. straightforward in it. And inside I'm churning and I'm like, oh, this is horrible. I don't <laughs> want to talk about this. it's So weird. But I'd rather. And so things like when my son, when I say to him, you know, is it okay that we talk about this? And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm bringing this up with you. And yeah. he's like, yeah, mom, you're my best friend. I, I can oh. talk to you about anything. And I'm like, <sighs> all right, I'm done. You know, like tears. I got to go have a that. moment by myself. Aww. So then I realized how worth it is. And he's been through some stuff the last few years that have really rocked me and really tested my faith. But it just drove me more to be like, I can't, go to fear no because out of fear comes control mm-hmm. comes bad parenting it, it it just it's just you know it will break you yeah and I didn't want that to be my and I'm not I shouldn't have been surprised because things are different now without this generation they're learning things way younger yes so that Social threw me off. And, yeah yes both rich and I really struggled like, I think we we're kind of thinking high school would be like one thing this was like 14 13 you know yeah but it still just pushed me to just have to be like, no, nope, I, I, I have to let him also figure this out with the Lord. You know, like I can't just do this for him. Mm-hmm. Driving him towards his own relationship with Christ. right? Re- that, that like personal, intimate relationship and pushing them like to find out what they believe and why they believe it and their convictions not being mom and dads and yeah. I think we definitely changed things a little bit when it came to church like we maybe swung the pendulum a little, I feel like sometimes maybe a little too far in the opposite of direction of not having to make them be there all the time because mm-hmm. I didn't want to like shove it down their throats right, right. but I think you can't really ever go wrong with having them in church a lot and being exposed to the word of God a lot. And so at the end of the day, it's a priority in our family and it is something that's expected that we do together. We go to church, we are involved. Mm -hmm. Um, And now Riken serves on our, our kids team Mm -hmm. eight hours every other Sunday. That's amazing. And he loves it. He does the production stuff for them. And I just think it's amazing. It's like what you said, like,
0: you know, our our parents come from a different generation, mm-hmm. and I think that um, m- mostly our parents probably did the very best that they know how to do yeah. with the tools that they have, Absolutely. and. Um, you know, as you grow up and you make decisions, when we know things, we do things differently and that's mm-hmm. okay. It's not wrong. It's, you know, not yeah. better. It's just, it just is what works better for us yeah. and what serves our children better because yes. they're different. But what you said is mm-hmm. even through like mistakes, because all parents make mistakes, including mm-hmm. us, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, even through all of that, like at the very root of it, your mom and dad, the one thing that you are so appreciative for is that they gave you Jesus. Yep. Even if it was making you be at church yeah. however many days a week yeah. and so to to hold that as a standard yeah. in your family. Like at the end of the day, the things I'm making you do, quote unquote, mm-hmm. coming to church and doing all of these things yeah. are ultimately going to build your character and your relationship with right. Jesus, which is the most important thing because it's sowing the seeds. When yeah, yeah, when they leave the house and kind of depart right mm-hmm. from us and they go on to get married and have to cut that tie from us in a mm-hmm. figurative sense, because while we're always their parents, you know, their spouse comes before we do once that yeah. happens and all of those things yeah. that um, that they have Jesus, that they yeah. know where they can go or who they can yes. turn to, that they're not kind of left floundering. Yes. So,
2: And I would say also coming out of <clears throat> more of a Baptist background, mm-hmm. I had to go on my own journey of just finding what I believed about the Bible. And mm-hmm. so I've really p- tried to pass that along. Also making the conversation about um, what demonic... Behavior and, to, and torment and all of that stuff in the spiritual realm looks like and having those conversations all the time. I talk about it all the time with my kids. I bring it up about, you know, I'm the person who's like, I see something I'm like, oh, that's so, that's Satan, you know, like <laughs> that's always my first response. That's a demon. Like I, that's oh not that is not God, you know. And so I'm always saying those things to my kids because I want them to understand it's the war of the principalities in the in the things mm-hmm. that unseen that we can't see and we have to acknowledge it as real. Yeah. And I didn't really feel like I grew up with that. And so living spirit-filled life and what does that look like in a prayer life you know so mm-hmm. I'm definitely I feel like enriched you know he comes along I don't know that he's like your husband yeah, yeah rich he's not the same on some of that level but he fully acknowledges it and is like yeah go yeah. you know right listen like what your mom's saying
0: well and I think that it's important to be able to recognize and show that our kids what is godly mm-hmm. and what is from the lord mm-hmm. and what is from you know Jesus and what is not yeah, and, any, you and, the any, counterfeit. and anything that mm-hmm. is not is, is of the enemy or of the world or of, and it is not what we should be following. And so how to be able to try and have discernment and wisdom in those areas to know what's real and what's not and Mm -hmm. what God says about who you are and what God says about, you know, everything really. I mean, because the Bible equips us for literally everything in this world. We just have to be able to discern it and read it and Mm -hmm. know it for ourselves instead of, hearing it from our parents like right. your faith has to become your own and it sounds like it did as yes, an adult which sure. same for me mm-hmm. so that's amazing yeah that's awesome. well I have to also say I really appreciate your candidness and saying things like The fear that you have, like my daughter has one bout of anxiety Mm -hmm. and she's going to struggle with this or the fear that my son's going to struggle with pornography his Mm -hmm. whole life and it's going to, you know, potentially ruin a marriage or whatever. Like it's so easy to go down the road and you, I mean- those are some dark thoughts mm-hmm. that I think not very many parents want to actually put to words and say because I've also right. had those same oh, yeah. fears. Right. Um but it's hard to like say those out loud. Mm-hmm. And so for you to be able to give words to maybe somebody that is feeling that way but doesn't want to say it out loud because it maybe makes it a little too real like to yeah. know that that's not I don't want to say to know that that's normal because I guess it's not necessarily normal, but you're not alone like in, in thinking those things and having those, those fears or whatever, but to have to be able to pray through that and give that to the Lord and turn that over kind of like the relinquishing prayer you were talking Mm -hmm. about. Yes. Yeah. Um, So I, I kind of always end the same way. And if there's anything else you'd like to add, I would Mm -hmm. love you. I would love you to kind of speak to that, but I, I always end the podcast this same way in light of everybody's individual stories, but for the listener that is maybe in their parenting years or soon to be maybe, Mm -hmm. um, what wisdom or encouragement would you give when it comes to reconciling your past experiences Mm -hmm. and the choices that you've made with raising your kids?
2: Yeah. I think I've always tried to live really authentically. I don't know how to really live too much outside of that. People can... (laughs) take you or leave you. (laughs) Yeah. They they don't know what to do with me sometimes. (laughs) And I parent the same way. Um, I am just who I am. And my kids think I'm crazy, but I try to live very honestly. I've been, I try to be very wise on always choosing to share my past and be honest about it, but in the right timing, Mm -hmm. I don't think you should just be an open book to your kids at any point. Right. And I also think if I could give some advice on nowadays with Um, mental illness stuff, and all the things that I feel like the enemy is trying to rob us of our identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so he's come up with all these other identities to claim Mm -hmm. and all these illnesses and sicknesses. And one of the things that I'm a huge believer in is not taking any ownership of anything that's been a diagnosis or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, when my daughter, she has had panic attack situations where her body gets hot, all this stuff. And she would say, I have panic I go, No, you do not. You do not have panic attacks. You have an episode, but we are not taking any ownership of that. And I kind of try to speak into that as you're only a daughter of Christ. Your own, the only identity you have is who Jesus made you to be. And he does not give that to you. Yeah, That is not from Christ. So we do not receive it. And so just kind of this mindset of, doesn't mean you don't address it. We've gone to counseling. We've done different things with both my kids for different things. We've right. done counseling and all that. And using we,
0: external sources
2: that are, yes, 100%, that are needed sometimes. And we yeah. pray about it. We do books and all these things and mm-hmm. talks. But I just really think that there's something to not giving into that. Because my son at one point was like, I don't know, maybe I have bipolar. I go, absolutely not. In Jesus' name, you do not have that.
0: Well, No, I you just, have
2: hormones and emotions and you're living in sin. Mm-hmm. So your heart is struggling and you feel down because you've got something heaviness in your heart. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about those things first before we go and try to diagnose you with something. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I feel like that's kind of a thing right now.
0: Well, and I was going to say, because I, I there are real diagnoses of course, and there are real there's things. There's a
2: time and a place for that, right? Right, yes. but for you to be able in in a...
0: For our teenagers yes. who hear a lot of things and gain a lot of information, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of definitions for a lot of things, yes. it's sometimes easier to say, well, this is how I'm feeling, so this is my, this must be how it is. This right. must be what it is to be able to address it first and say... Yeah let's look at this right. and let's let's remind you who you are in Christ yeah. and then dive into it that way right. um, because it you know it's not to I guess negate
2: those that do really struggle totally. like my son does realistically he's an ADD kid
1: mm-hmm. yeah
2: but I just really try to refrain from being like well you have ADD and so not therefore this, this and this and not giving like permission to do something or be something because of that but instead recognizing okay this is this is my bent or this is my struggle or this mm-hmm. is my thorn or this is my diagnosis or whatever it is and living within that through Christ Right. instead of taking it and almost letting it just be your whole identity well, and, and carry it and yeah, yeah. and so that we we sense. fully you know get our we will do what we, are, what we have to do for our kids mm, absolutely like I said counseling has been a part of their lives for a few years now off yeah. and on so we will do those things but i really tried to speak that into my daughter and I've seen a shift in her. Mm -hmm. And I, I really hope and pray that we can continue going that direction instead of going down this other path. Had I just been like, I don't know, that's just my perspective, but I do feel like it's good in this generation with all the social media and stuff that kids have access to. There's just so much flooding into them of what they can and can't be and do. And, The things that our kids are told they are or can be or whatever, Mm -hmm. I have actually
0: spoken to teenagers. Well, I have spoken to young adults who have Mm -hmm. said that as teenagers, they wished somebody told them that they were who God created them Mm -hmm. to be, that they weren't this thing or or what somebody else told them they were, what the internet told them they were or whatever. And so um, to, to, yeah, own your identity in Christ. Right, exactly. Yeah that's awesome that's good <laughs> well thank you so much stephanie i so appreciate you being here and just being vulnerable awesome. and candid and <laughs> sharing your story and um yeah i just look forward to the next time because um, yeah. side note stories unveiled conference that happens every year you have been yeah. a part of since the beginning yeah. so yeah super excited
2: it. thank it's you so everything much that i am and believe in with you we've said that yeah. from the beginning mm-hmm. just being honest and telling our stories yep. so thank you for having me this is awesome thank you for your story
0: and for your voice both singing and <laughs> and for your story thank You're you welcome mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining us for today's conversation on the Stories Unveiled podcast we would love it if you would leave us a rating or a review if you would like to learn more about Stories Unveiled and our events go to storiesunveiledconference.com or follow us on Facebook or Instagram at storiesunveiled underscore. The Stories Unveiled podcast is created in partnership with KTSY and Barefoot Media Ministries. For more encouragement and other podcasts, visit ktsy.org. Have an incredible day and go live unveiled.